good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the online warriors podcast as always i am illegal 86 one of your three amazing hosts hopefully you think we're amazing uh i am joined by tactic hello 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 to you as well sir well i don't know if you're saying that to me or to the to the listeners either way hello hello and uh nerd bomber hello everybody that was weird i was i started to say hey and then i started to say hello uh not one of my best intros so we bid you all halo and we welcome you to what i think is going to be a pretty fun episode um going to be a little bit more uh focused on one thing uh which of course is d23 uh the header on the top of our show notes this week just says d23 madness so that's what you're in for um Hopefully you are on board with that. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to run down here. Obviously, there's all the Star Wars news. Uh, there's the news of the Lizzie McGuire re- reboot. I guess is it a reboot or is it just like a continuation? I don't really know what distinguishes those terms. I would say it's uh, more of a continuation. Yeah, I mean, they got Hillary Duff back, but we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, also, uh, obviously, quite a bit of Marvel news. Some of you probably heard about the Kit Harrington casting, uh, all the new shows, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, She Hulk. Um, we're going to talk about that Emma Stone, Corella DeVille photo and, um, you know, time, time allowing plenty of other things. Uh, it's been a busy weekend in the land of Disney, which now is also the land of Star Wars and Marvel and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, let's, let's dive right into it here. And I guess we should probably lead off with, um, I think the biggest thing, which is, um, the new rise of Skywalker, I guess they didn't call it a trailer. They called it a first look, but I mean, it's basically a trailer. I don't know why they called it a first look. Um, so, you know, even with um, given the fact that there's a lot of archival footage being used here, there's a lot to unpack. Um, but the big thing that everyone's talking about, of course, is the ending kind of grabby shot showing Ray with the double red lightsaber um, supposedly having turned to the dark side of the force. So I'll open it up for discussion just starting there. Do you think that she actually went to the dark side? I do not. Um, I think a fairly commonly held opinion, and an opinion which is also mine, is that this is a force vision situation. So for those Star Wars fans out there, uh, they likely remember uh, the, the scene in Empire Strikes Back, Episode 5, where uh, on Dagobah, Luke is forced to fight essentially a Darth Vader, Darth Vader masked version of himself. Um, I suppose this shows what he could become, what he's capable of, the terrible things he could do with his powers, et cetera, et cetera. I think this is going to be a similar situation where this is taking place in someone's mind. I think, I think ending a trilogy with Ray on the dark side would be too bold <laughs> for, for Disney, especially given the arc that they've attempted to give Ray. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, tactic, what do you, what do you think? I think it goes along with the keep your friends close, but keep your enemies closer type dealy. And what I mean by that is I bet you she's elute, pretending to be on the dark side so that she can end everything once and for all infiltrate from inside out. So, you, okay. So you think that it's real and that, so you, you, you think this whole, cause we should also talk about this lightsaber, which seems to work the same way as a flip phone and like it like whoosh, like whips out and it's a Darth Maul situation. It so looks you pretty badass. I have to say it's super cool. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, I still think that it's not a big deal just because I think it's part of some dream or something, but it looks super cool. People on Twitter are going crazy. I mean, people that were in love with Ray before are even more in love with her now. Um, so you, but you think that that is all, a ruse on the part of Ray. I think it's, I think it's a ruse. I think it is really happening. And I also think that that lightsaber looks awkward to maneuver personally. Yeah. When it's in like fold up mode, it looks like it would be really difficult to like not chop your own arm off. I think that's, I mean, for me, having been a kid who grew up playing with light plastic lightsabers, there's no way I wouldn't. Even if I had just a regular run-of-the-mill lightsaber, I'd cut my hand off in five minutes. I get a I get a butterfly knife vibe to it. For those of you who don't know what a butterfly knife is, usually see people like spinning them around to get them out and then spinning them around to close them. And that that's just what it looks like to me. So it looks like just 
a lot of dangerous work to open and close it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of pomp and circumstance to ultimately just cut your own arm off. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, as far as the trailer goes, you know, outside of the dark ray moment, you know, you have a pretty cool looking lightsaber battle. Um, looks like on a ship in the ocean, which is pretty neat. Um, we see Finn, we see Poe Dameron, we see, you know, everyone's coming back. There's even a shot of Leia that I believe is new. Um, I think it has it to be taken CGI from a CGI though, right? It may have been shot from in one of the uh, earlier movies and just is being reused in a creative way. I don't know. I mean, I, it, it is a question what lengths they're going to go to to tie off Carrie Fisher's arc and whether they're going to use digital manipulation, which we saw of her in Rogue One. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of questions. Um, as I mentioned, the trailer itself was featured quite a bit of archival footage from actually every episode leading up to now, including the Hayden Christensen prequels. Um, the poster was awesome too. Like I have to be honest, the poster is probably one of my favorite star Wars posters that I've ever seen. I'm loving, I mean, I, I think the heart of this movie is going to be whatever they wind up doing with Palpatine. I mean, the big reveal of him coming back and his laugh in the last trailer. And now, you know, you hear him speaking in this trailer as well, and you have his face looming, you know, kind of shadowy in the background of this poster. Like, it's going to be a huge deal. I am so on board with the decision to bring him back. I don't know if we've talked about that yet on this show. I don't think so. But I like, I could not be more on board. They got Ian McDermott back, which that dude has been doing it for so long, but he's still got it. So I'm excited. I'm super excited. Um, the first look did not diminish that for me at all i i would expect we'll get a theatrical trailer sometime in october i think that's when it usually comes out so i'm really looking forward to that overall i like so when they said they were going to bring star wars back what however many years ago it was was it like five years ago now at this point maybe a little bit more 2015 i think was the year that Force Awakens came out, but I could be wrong about that. So like about five years ago when they said they were going to bring Star Wars back, I was a little bit skeptical, but I have never been more hyped for a Star Wars movie. And like, granted, I wasn't alive for the original um, trilogy when those came out, but I was alive for the prequel trilogy. And I mean, I enjoyed them. They're just kind of meh, but like, I'm really digging the direction that they're taking this in. I mean, I, like I said, the entire presentation at d23 just got me super hyped for this and i can't wait to see what the actual movie will turn out to be i like i mean if we want to go down that road like i am a i am a huge star wars fan like i had all the star wars legos i had all the video games i had a bunch of books like i was i had i mean i'm still into it now but i had a serious phase to the point that when the trailer for the seventh one came out i remember watching it and I had a lump in my throat. Like it was a huge, huge deal for me. And like, I have certain thoughts about eight that I won't get into now, but like seven to me was so good. And they got JJ Abrams back for nine. And I think it's just going to be phenomenal. I could not be more excited about it. Um, But there's a lot more in the star Wars universe to be excited for than that. And um, another thing is we have to talk about the Mandalorian. I mean, the, this trailer came out, I think, early in in the D23 festivities last week. And there's, I think, a lot more to unpack here because there wasn't any archival footage. It was just straight up two to two and a half minutes of here's what this is going to be. It's going to have film level production quality. Uh, it's going to have a masked protagonist who doesn't seem to speak, which I am on board with, honestly. Um, I mean, you've got Giancarlo Esposito, you have Werner Herzog, you have like a great supporting cast. I am I'm so excited for this. Like this to me is a, enough reason alone to get Disney Plus. Yeah, I was going to say this is what's kind of pushing me over the edge to get Disney Plus. Like I was really excited about the service before, but in fact this entire weekend has just pushed me into definitely being a day one subscriber, but this entire series just looks phenomenal. Like like you said, I've never seen a television series with this level of production value. Like, it's insane. It looks like the trailer for a Star Wars movie, and it's just, it's giving me exactly the right vibe. I want it to be darker. I want it to be grittier, but I still want it to be, to have that Star Wars look. And 
it's just hitting me in all the right places right now. And, you know, we've heard about the budget for this show. We've heard how high it is. It's, I think, the highest budget of any show ever. And you have John Favreau who, you know, like his Lion King or not, you know, he's responsible for Iron Man. So that alone gets me on board with him. And I don't know. I'm just like, I saw that and I have my misgivings about like Disney has already announced they're not going to be, you know, even though it's going to be on Disney plus, they're not going to be allowing you to binge it all at once. It's going to be weekly releases, but I expect they're going to have me on the hook. Um, In a way, it's been a very long time since I've watched something in weekly installments. I usually do binge watch an entire series and a season of a show. Like I wait for it to come out on Netflix or Hulu. But I think I'm actually going to be really excited to watch this weekly because the last TV show I think that I actually watched weekly was The Walking Dead. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about even that becoming a cultural phenomenon when it did was the level of discussion around each episode every week when it came out. And I can definitely see The Mandalorian becoming one of those shows where around the water cooler so to speak there's going to be so much speculation and discussion about what's going to come in the next episode and i really see this becoming another like cultural movement much like the walking dead did or a lot of the other big series that have come out weekly have and i'm super excited about it and just seeing star wars in a different format like this like i know there was the animated clone wars that was on television, but just having something of this production value with this cast, I mean, the trailer looked exciting. Boba Fett is a super intriguing character to me. I think there's so much you can do with his character, and I'm super looking forward to this TV show. I I, I think something you said, I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong, I would love to go and binge the whole show at once, but I will say that I, I'll admit that there is something super exciting about the thought of bringing back appointment television where you show up at a certain time every week i mean game of thrones had that game of thrones had sunday nights you know culture would shut down because people would turn on game of thrones and like i wasn't part of that but like it was cool it was exciting like like you said there would be all this discussion which is now driven online for the most part whereas before it was driven around a water cooler but it's exciting gets people talking it gets people really interested in the story that's being told and I'm on board with that. Um, I mean, the sheer volume of shows that are coming out, you won't have time to binge watch one particular show anyway. All of them look high production quality. All of them are making all of my nerd senses tingle. I I don't know how other way to put it, but I feel like I'm going to be swamped but I'm not going to get anything done. And like the interesting part with this too, is that like, like you said, game of Thrones was one of those other cultural phenomenons, but I feel like star Wars has such a wider audience reach than something like game of Thrones or even the walking dead, because I mean, you can't talk to one person who hasn't at some point been into star Wars, whether they got super into it or they just became part of the cultural phenomenon of going to the movies to see them when they came out. Everyone, I think, in some way, shape, or form, has an investment level in Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, my investment level is high. I know, I my girlfriend hasn't. She's not a Star Wars fan. She, I don't even think she's seen all the movies. But watching this trailer, I do. That's the other good thing about it is I think there's something in there for her too. I think it's supposed to be telling this outlaw story that you know I think could appeal to anyone, even people who aren't super into that. Um, I don't know what we'll see. Uh, like, like tactic said, there's a lot to be said too, about what Disney probably wants out of Disney plus, which is you're not, you don't have time to binge one show. There's so many shows that you're just showing up on a given night of a given week saying, okay, what show comes out new tonight? That's what I'm doing tonight. I can't imagine that they'd be exclusive to people who have been following the star Wars trilogy. I mean, it's going to be its own independent thing. Story of a bounty hunter, and just go. So I think they're going to make it easy for new people to the scene to re- to just jump right in and, and enjoy it. And hopefully that's your girlfriend, right? And I mean, like yeah. I said, Boba Fett, I feel like is kind of an untapped character in the Star Wars realm. I don't, I don't know so much about the books. I don't know how in-depth they got into his character in the novels. Um, but I feel like in do, terms do of the we movies, know that it's Do we know that it's him? I mean, I'm pretty sure. It's the... the I don't. I, I'm not sure that it is. The Wikipedia just says it follows a lone Mandalorian gunfighter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. 
takes place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi. So Boba Fett's dead at that point, at least supposedly. In the extended universe, he survives. But um, I, I mean, if we want to get super nerdy, uh, Mandalorian body armor is not exclusive to Boba Fett. He happens to have it, but um, I think this is just some guy. Which again, I mean, that's kind of interesting in and of itself, though. It's it, def- it definitely. I think it's better because it it gives them a, a much more blank canvas to work on. Boba Fett has this baggage. He, you know, if he if it is indeed him, he would have had to have survived a horrible disfigurement in a sarlacc pit, and like he hates Han Solo, and Han Solo's still out there, so he's looking for Han Solo, and you have like you have all this stuff going on. Whereas this nameless character is, you know he's a Mandalorian. He's just, he's just a bounty hunter who's out there trying to make his way. And you know, that gives you potential for even like a firefly kind of storyline where they're just, it's episodic. It's gotta be someone they they can tie into the main series. Like removal of the, of the mass has got to be this big reveal. I don't see it happening any other way. Yeah. I think one of my favorite fan theories I've been reading. So like everywhere over the internet, everyone, like I'm, they keep saying that it's not Boba Fett, but I feel like somehow it's going to tie back. Like maybe it's his child or something. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it could certainly be someone related to someone else. I mean, that's kind of a star Wars trope at this point, but it doesn't just cause it's a trope doesn't mean it doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see that being the case, but, um, either way, like it looks like it's going to be unbelievable. Um, other star Wars news, uh, the other big one, of course, is um, the Obi-Wan show being announced. They, they got Ewan McGregor. Um, I don't actually know a lot of the details on this one. I just know that it's been rumored for a while, and I think it's a great template for a show, and it seems like now it's going forward. Yeah, from um, the D23 stuff that I saw, the coverage, they basically just brought him on stage and confirmed that he would be returning to the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, Ewan McGregor, that is. Um, I think they basically said, like, they're going to be starting production soon, if they haven't already, and that, like, they have a script and everything. But they basically just confirmed that this is a series that will be coming to Disney+, Plus. so stay tuned. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I mean, I, I loved Ewan McGregor in the prequel. I think he was one of the better things about the prequel trilogy. I think what he brought to Obi-Wan and also, you know, there's this huge gap, right, between where we left Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan and where we pick up with Alec Guinness's. And there's so much you can do in that space because, you know, that's obviously the up and coming. I mean, the Clone Wars has kind of given us a little bit of that already. And so is Rogue One. But there's still a lot of uncharted area in there that I think could be really cool. I really hope they unpack the psychology behind him not just finishing Anakin off. Because a lot of stuff could have been prevented if he just finished Anakin off. I completely agree. I I, I, I would be surprised if that wasn't at least a subplot. You know, like this whole I have the high ground thing and then and then not finishing the job even though he know he knew that he should just because he loved him you know all that stuff there's a lot to unpack and they'll probably have at least a couple seasons to do that and i'm sure a enormous budget (laughs) given the way these things tend to go so um yeah it's a great time right now to be a star wars fan um it's also a great time to be a lizzie mcguire fan believe it or not Uh, i am extraordinarily excited about this and Part of that is that Lizzie McGuire was part of my childhood. Like I grew up with Lizzie McGuire on the Disney Channel and Hilary Duff was in so many chick flicks growing up that I definitely watched. And even um, she had like her whole music career at one point. Oh, my God. And that's that's where you like hit it me. wasn't terrible like her music for a teen pop star wasn't terrible. Like she's if you sang pretty well. If you haven't heard Coming Clean by by Hilary Duff, pause this show right now and go listen to it because it is, I mean, it, it might be because I heard that show on like Disney Channel commercials. I heard that song on Disney Channel commercials like a hundred times, but it's an earworm and I mean that in the best possible way. 
Yeah, so basically they brought Hillary Duff on stage and they announced that on Disney Plus they will be resurrecting Lizzie McGuire. Uh, she will now be a 30-year-old trying to make her way and career in Manhattan. And obviously Hillary Duff will be reprising her role as the titular Lizzie McGuire. Doesn't she play that role quite frequently these days? Yeah, she was. She plays the same role, I think, in... Uh, what's that show that she's in? Yeah, so there's a show. It's actually on TV land right now. It's called Younger. Younger and I actually yeah. I have watched the show. I haven't caught up on the last season. Um, it was actually based off a book where a 40-some-year-old woman divorces her husband and then wants to get back into the book publishing industry, but she can't find a job as someone her age so she pretends to be younger so that she can get an internship and then work her way up through the company and hillary duff is one of the up-and-coming people in the company that this woman joins would you say she's a 30 year old finding her way in manhattan i would say so wow and i mean it was actually i actually started watching this show partly because i've heard of the book before but also because of hillary duff i think this was one of her first forays back into acting and to be honest she does a pretty good job. Like she's a pretty believable character. So I'm really excited to see what she'll bring to the Lizzie McGuire role, especially now that she's older. And maybe this is just like, I don't know, kind of cliche to say, but I think she's a good positive role model. Like she's always been a super positive person in the industry. One of those few child stars who didn't go crazy and like get addicted to partying and drugs and go to jail. So I'm, I'm excited. She is. So I'm on her Wikipedia page. She is 31, by the way, so that's true to form. Did you know that she had a relationship with Aaron Carter? How did I not know about this? I think that was when they were like really young. I think that was when they were both like Disney Channel stars. Let me go to her personal life tab. Uh, she dated the lead singer of Good Charlotte for a while. Yeah, she was uh, married to a hockey player for a little bit. She has a couple kids. Now she's married to somebody else. Um, she was okay she was in a relationship with aaron carter in 2001 she was 14 i mean that sounds about right for disney stars i don't know why why are the tabloids even talking about a a relationship between two 14 year olds they did that was was the thing there was like teen bop magazines or something like that i don't know very sensationalized there was apparently a love triangle between hillary duff aaron carter and Lindsay lohan but anyways i i digress um did you guys watch question, Lizzie McGuire at all? Either of you? Of course you? I watched Lizzie. Yes. Obviously. So the I'm, main question that I have to ask you is, do you think Gordo will be back on board for this refresh? Yeah, you, stole, you, you stole my question. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know the answer. I hope. I mean, I'm, I'm more excited about the little cartoon Lindsay and what that's going to look like. Lizzie. Lizzie. Well, L- Lindsay McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said that's Lindsay what they're going to call the new one. <laughs> I, I, but seriously, think about it. The It was very much a teen cartoon. Well, let's see what a 30-year-old cartoon looks like. I'm sure we're going to find out. That was like that was a trademark of the show. I, I do also think that, and this may also just be like wishful thinking, but I mean, Gordo was in the movie, was he? Which the movie was after the show and they put him in the movie. Remember, they went to, she went to uh, Italy. Hey now. Gordo was there. Hey now. This is what dreams are made of. Did now I didn't see the movie, so just dr- bring me up to speed here. I assume you saw the movie back to front. I did see the movie, yeah. Basically, she has an Italian doppelganger. Well, and doesn't she fall for like a hunky Italian guy on like a moped? But then Gordo, Gordo wins, right? I mean, Gordo has to. Yeah, well, I mean the the hunky Italian guy basically promises her the life of a pop star because her doppelganger can't be found. So she stands in when he finds out she can sing, and then. What? Oh, yeah. And then the doppelganger comes back and is like, oh, wait, no, this hunky Italian guy is terrible. He's not a good guy. And then they have this like duet where it's two basically Hillary Duff singing, hey, now, hey, now, this is what dreams are made of. And of course, Gordo wins in the end. And if you guys didn't know the Hillary Duff, Lizzie McGuire movie, now you do. Uh, now, I, I do think Gordo is coming back to, to kind of finish my thought there. I think that he has to come back. I think here, here's what I think happens. I think, and this is like the initial, like the pilot episode, Hillary Duff's Lizzie McGuire's walking down the street in New York city, trying to make it, you know? And then she like looks into an alley and sees like a homeless guy and it's Gordo. I think that, I think that's, 
where this, and then she's like oh my god gordo see okay. i th- i don't believe in that because not that i've watched this anytime recently but from what i can remember gordo's whole shtick was that you know like the hot guys can have all the attention now but like smart guys like him will go on to run an it company and then get all the girls later remember ethan craft I'm, I'm i'm just like going down the lizzie mcguire wormhole right now he was ethan like craft was it was her uh like heartthrob guy yeah, he was Quarter like that airheaded heartthrob that was like very stereotypical for all of those TV shows back in the day. He's wearing like a puka shell necklace. Yeah, bra. Like crazy flow. Yeah, I mean, I think that Gordo, I guess you're right, like that uh, Gordo's sensibility would not lead him to like being a drunk in an alley in New York City, but like. I don't he'll know. be like the he, cool startup guy that will really, have like a tech startup or something in new york city i really hope it's nothing specific like he just says i'm a scientist just generic yeah. i'm a investment banker you know something like that i i just like when i think back to lizzie mcguire the thing i always think of without fail is um they i think it might be the last episode of the series when they have all their yearbooks and they're writing in each other's yearbooks and like they're making jokes about how everyone writes like you rock don't change and then gordo gets lizzie's yearbook and writes you rock don't change really don't and it's like supposedly like this big like romantic gesture kind of thing do you not remember this i don't remember that at all oh guys come now i look like an idiot on the podcast won't, won't be the last time but go look up it's the last and then they pose for the school picture and lizzie kisses gordo on the cheek and gordo gordo wins you know you know how you'll be yeah. able to catch up on all of this before the uh new lizzie mcguire series premieres in 2020 i think disney you can plus? yeah you can watch it all on disney plus actually oh the God. one thing i will say is that they did get the original creator of the series to come back and basically be the showrunner for the new one so that's pretty neat i like that true Are to the they, character I mean, so Disney Plus, like, they're going to... Ha- Are we talking, like, they're going to have Brink and, like, uh, uh, Luck of the Irish and, like, Smart House? They're going to have all the DCOMs on there? Because, I mean, oh, my gosh. I'm going to get actually, lost in this. Actually, I don't know about that. But, like, they say I, they're please. going to have, like, their whole, basically, collection of movies and TV shows and basically everything they've ever done. So, if they have DCOMs, man, I'm going to go back into that little, like, Friday and Saturday night bubble where they had those kids jumping out of the Mickey Mouse logo, and it was like DCOM, Disney Channel original movie, and that'll be me on like every Friday night back Luck in my happy Irish place. Was my jam. That sh- I think Luck of the Irish was probably my favorite. Although it's really it's between Luck of the Irish and Brink for me. Those are the two that I'm like, man, I don't even know which one's better. They're both the greatest movies ever. Brink. I mean, I'm sorry, I- it was Brink, 100 percent Brink. Oh come on! Soul this skaters. land is that my was- land. Brink was like the OG Disney Channel original movie. Uh, Smart House was older, I think. I thought Brink Smart was House, the first one. Oh, man. Smart House is Ryan Merriman, like, as a kid. For those who don't know who Ryan Merriman is, he's a Disney, he's a decom poster boy. He's in, like, every dis- decom movie, I feel like. Because isn't he also the one from the 13th year? I think so, yeah. Anyways, uh, I think that, like, you know how, like, when you're, like, in school and you, like, are in social studies and you read a textbook and they're talking about, like how people entertain themselves themselves in like the 20s and like went to like silent movies and stuff and you're like that's stupid mm-hmm. in like 80 years kids are going to read their textbooks and be like kids watch disney channel original movies and they're going to be like this was awesome okay so i do have to say i looked up the list of all of the Digi- disney channel original movies the apparently the first one was a mummy movie called under wraps Followed oh, I know by you lucky dog and then brink was in 1998 so everything else came after brink Whoa, when, were, when did Smart House come out? Uh, Smart House was not until 1999. Neither was the wow. 13th year. And Johnny Tsunami. That was a good one. Smart House was directed by LeVar Burton, you the know, guy from Reading Rainbow. <laughs> Man, Disney Channel is amazing. This is like oh. such a good trip down memory lane. Look at what you're doing, Disney Plus. You're really just uniting all of us with our childhood memories. So great. If you haven't watched a Disney Channel original movie in a while, I think like I think you can watch Brink in like small chunks on YouTube like entirely, and it is it's worth your time. That that's all I'm gonna say. It's worth your time. Um, but let's let's move on. That's not that's not what D23 was about. Sadly, um, 
let's talk about the marvel news because uh, that's probably the next the next biggest thing i feel like um we got three new three new shows being announced uh miss marvel moon knight and she hulk and my input here is we are starting to get into characters that i know nothing about so i'm going to turn it over to tectic who is it fair to say tectic that you're our resident like comic book guy sure or do you not want that title no that's fine um well, the, so, title's, the title has been bestowed upon you then so i'm gonna start on. with miss marvel so she's we've actually been playing as miss marvel a little bit in uh marvel ultimate alliance 3 as she's a playable character and uh kind of a quirky character in my opinion so i'm, I'm really excited about that what uh a little bit about her is she is a super nerdy superhero geek and she doesn't turn the fangirl off when she's being a hero. And that I think is the best part about it. So when she's with a cluster of say the Avengers, right? She'll stop and be like, Hey, can I have an autograph? And that in itself is just an amazing dynamic. And it it could probably allow for, I think a bunch of humor. So kind of like Spider-Man, Tom Holland, Spider-Man was when he first met the Avengers RIP. Or like Ant-Man. Ant-Man yeah, but I thought I thought both of them were a little bit more low key as to what this character's portrayal is. I mean, Who, she is okay. she is literally over the top, like fangirling. Yeah. Who? Who? And I'm going to ask this about all three of these characters. Who are you getting to? Play? You have an unlimited budget. You can get any actress in the world. Who are you getting? Um, God, sorry, it's on on this for Miss Marvel. What's yeah. her name? Oh, goodness. All right. What's her name? Got She's it. in the office. She, uh, uh, Mindy uh, Kaling? Yes. Jenna Fisher. Oh, okay. But I thought Ms. Marvel is supposed to be like a teenager. Yeah, but she has such a young face. I think she could pull it off, honestly. I think she would do a great job. Um, for Moon Knight, there's been a lot of murmurs that it's Keanu Reeves. Wow. I mean, I don't even know who Moon Knight is, but I'm there. I'm ready to go. So, which I I don't know that I'm for that one because that's more of a, I think it's more of a guy that I don't see as Bill and Ted. I think I've, I haven't watched enough of the John Wicks to say that he can play this serious, hard, hard ass role. He probably can. He, obviously, the John Wicks are, are very successful. Yeah, but John um, Wick's kind of goofy. I don't know so if that counts. Can you give us a little bit of background on who Moon Knight actually is? So Moon Knight is pretty much a guy that was left to die in the desert, and then he gets Egyptian powers bestowed upon him, and now he is... Like the Scorpion King? Sure. Now he is Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think all in all, Keanu Reeves would play a good role. I don't know enough about Moon Knight to go beyond that. Um, That's fair. But I think he would be okay with it, being the tough guy that he is in John Wick. John Wick. And then for the last one, refresh my memory because I'm blanking out. She-Hulk? She-Hulk. She-Hulk. That one I struggle with on who they're going to pick because I don't know how far they're going to go on the CGI with that one. Are they going to go full on the way they did with Mark Ruffalo or is it going to be more... Like a just a little bit situation. Right. Just a little bit taller, a little bit buffer. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I would like them to go away from the CGI and go back to like the old campy one personally, but maybe I'm alone on that. I feel like, so when you think of She-Hulk, you always see like the green buff chick, Um, but they said that she was going to be a lawyer in this TV show. So I have a feeling they're going to go like OG Bruce Banner, kind of like Mark Ruffalo where she's normal most of the time. And then when she turns into Hulk, she's obviously like a green chick. Right, but what actress will play her? That I have no idea. I would like to see like some kind of female boxer, though. I think that would be pretty neat. Like Ronda Rousey uh, or something? Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Or, uh, isn't Gina Carano? She's another one. Yeah, someone like that I think would be pretty interesting. Betty White would be good, I think. Betty White would be hilarious. I, I, don't, di- I don't agree with you guys on that one. Okay, uh, fine. Phyllis Diller. Actually, isn't Phyllis? I think she's passed away. That was a, that was a joke in bad taste um either way uh some new shows to look forward to um we also got some more information about 
uh, Loki, uh, the Black Widow movie, which is coming out next year. Um, saw the first poster, which I know Technic was excited. He was referring to David Harbour as Russian Captain America, which I don't really know anything about David Harbour's character. The Red um, Guardian. The Red... Well, it sounds like Russian Captain America in that case. Um, WandaVision also got a poster that's kind of like a play on like like 50s nuketown kind of ambiance and they're like in a house and i guess they're like a happy couple i don't really know i don't know how wandavision is going to work yeah wandavision uh, from all of the actresses too like they have kat dennings coming back and a bunch of other actor actors who i'm like blanking on right now but they made it seem like it's going to be more sitcom and i have a feeling it's going to be wanda like basically daydreaming in her head what it would have been like if her and vision could have actually been together because right, obviously like dead. spoilers he's dead yeah yeah so i think yeah, it'll I, be more I, like sitcom campy type thing which you know what honestly i'm here for a little bit it'll be interesting to see how they tie that back in with the mainline movies though yeah i mean i think the same could certainly be said about uh, Loki, which I already mentioned. I, I don't know if we've gotten a whole lot of new information on that, but just the way the Loki show is set up by Endgame, I think is going to be... We don't even know where he is right now. We just know he has the Tesseract. And that's all we need to know, I guess, until the show starts. Um, uh, the new Falcon Winter Soldier. Haven't heard a whole lot about that, but we got a new poster where the Winter Soldier has short hair, which I guess excited people in certain ways. Um the other big Marvel news that we should cover. Now, I initially heard that they got Kit Harrington for Wolverine, which I was like, whoa, that's insane. But no, it seems like he's coming to the Eternals, which, again, I know pretty much nothing about the Eternals. Um, we'll defer to Tactic for that one. Yeah, maybe, maybe you can fill in some blanks here. I just know that it's apparently a very big deal because they also have Angelina Jolie on board um some other big people so in short of it it's a squad of people with immortality and they all have various abilities you can almost think of them as kind of the justice league of marvel basically and they got john snow i mean that's john snow wasn't he basically immortal in game of thrones i don't watch game of thrones sorry if i might have just like blasphemed the whole show well they, they got two uh two starks yeah because they also have richard madden who was rob stark in game of thrones so they will be reuniting two of the stark brothers in the eternals i thought that's pretty neat like i I wonder how the interactions between the two characters will be i don't know too much about kit harrington's character i think would see the black knight yes i think we can guarantee at the very least they high-fived when they know knew that they both got the role but like the Black Knight, and I don't know if you know this, but the Black Knight, he's not one of the Eternals, correct? Correct. Okay. Is he like a good guy or is he a bad guy? Sounds like a bad guy, but maybe I'm wrong. I thought he was a good guy, but I don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, lots of Marvel news, obviously. Uh, we, we kind of would, ex- would have expected that. Um, well, while we're on the topic of Marvel, um, I did also see in passing that... Disneyland in California is getting a new Avengers section, which was only a matter of time on that. I don't really know how much we know about that, but I'm sure it's going to be like Star Wars land level big. Um, so that's another thing. Um, uh, Epcot is getting a whole new overhaul. Um, they're going to get some Moana attractions, some Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Um, yeah, they're also bringing Edna Mode, I think, into a lot of different uh, attractions Edna in Epcot. Mode. And like they gave Epcot a new logo and stuff like that. And I think there's a lot of Disney World news and Disneyland and parks news in general that I didn't hear, like I didn't get too in-depth on, but I think they're also debuting a new app to make the whole planning experience in Disney parks a little bit better. They're calling it the Genie, which I kind of like. That's pretty cool. And I mean, just a lot of cool new attractions and overhauls and updates to kind of bring some of the newer movies into the Disney parks, especially now that they have so many different properties in the fold. I mean, I think I don't know too much about what the guardians of the galaxy ride is going to be, but like I'd go on it. Sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah. It's probably going to be like, I I imagine you'll be in nowhere and like doing something in nowhere. That's my, that's my gut guess on it, but I haven't heard a whole lot either. Do we know if Epcot, because Epcot's whole shtick, for a lot of it is like this tour of the world situation. Are they 
doing away with that or are they just getting rid of like test track and mission space and uh they're updating a lot of the rides uh it seemed like they're adding stuff to world showcase so like the moana attraction is going in the world showcase so they're not going doing away with it i think they're just adding some things i know they're adding a statue of walt disney somewhere and like i think uh mission space they're updating to align with the story of something I'm not 100% sure, but there's a ton of details online that you can find about what they're planning to do with the parks. There's a ton of stuff. And it's not just Disney World. Like, they're doing stuff to Disneyland, as you mentioned, the Avengers World. And I think even, like, the Paris theme park had a bunch of new stuff coming to it. So lots of excitement if you are a Disney World fan or a Disney Parks fan. Um, and now, before we kind of move into the, the back half of the episode, um, we do want to give a shout out to our friends over at PodCoin. Yeah, so PodCoin is a free app that you can download on both iPhone and Android. And as you listen to your favorite podcast, you actually earn PodCoin for every minute that you listen. And those PodCoins can be put towards gift cards or even donated to charity. It's a great way to listen to your favorite podcast and earn some money while you do it. How do we get extra points, maybe? If you haven't already signed up, you can sign up for PodCoin and use our special referral code, Online Warriors, and you will get 300 PodCoin for free. Ooh-wee. Yeah, it's a good deal. So check it out. Both iPhone and Android users can download the app and it's a great time. There you have it. Um, we also want to give a shout out to our Patreon producer, Mr. Ben Checkness. Um, we are going to be saying his name later on in the episode. Hint, hint, hint. Um, but uh, so Ben supports us at the uh, at the night level, which is our top level out of three levels. And um, as a result, he gets a, a producer shout out every episode. He gets input on our um, our game segment at the end of every episode. And uh, he also gets access to our secret segments uh, every month and our vlogs every month, um, which a secret segment should be dropping fairly soon for the month of August. So yep. it's exciting for him and for any of you other Patreon supporters listening out there. Um, because if you support us at the Squire level, which is our second tier, you also get access to um, both the secret segment and the monthly vlog. And at the page level, you get uh, secret segment access. So um, there's great content out there. Uh, if you want, if you like listening to us talk, uh, there's more of that to be had. <laughs> so um, feel free to check us out at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. And um, we would be very grateful. Yeah, so now just some messages from one of our other fellow indie podcasts. Hey guys, it's Kyle. And Nick. And we're from Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, a weekly comedy podcast revolving around movies, TV shows, and pop culture. We release a new episode every Thursday. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts? Why did you say that like a question? I don't know. Okay, anyway, yes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any of the podcatchers. Or you can look up www.demfancydinosaurs.com. Thanks, guys. Stay fancy and enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Great. So, um, yeah, as we kind of move uh, into the back half of our D23 discussion, we'll, we'll move a little bit quicker. But um, we'll, we'll each kind of just pick one of the other things to talk about that especially intrigued us. Um, for me... Um, I'm a simple man. I love Jeff Goldblum. I love I love just watching him try to be a human. I'm not entirely convinced he is human, um, but some bright young mind or maybe old mind at Disney came up with the idea of creating a show called The World According to Jeff Goldblum, where based on the trailer, he just walks around the world and experiences things as Jeff Goldblum. He's always he's wearing like amazing shirts and like he's got those glasses that we all know him for now just being this carefree guy and i i'm so I'm, i don't have much to say about it i'm just so excited about it. i'm so here for it it does looks amazing else, it looks does anyone else find it incredibly relatable like do we, we all yeah. do we all do quirky things in public just for our own entertainment right and he just he just seems like the nicest guy and it seems like he wants to he he genuinely wants to go out and do these things and experience stuff and just laugh with other people and, and you know i find these type of shows are some of my favorite like it reminds me a lot of stuff like dirty jobs or Mythbusters or something like that where it's a quirky host going out and learning something about the world and conveying it to you in a way that's both entertaining and educational and that's some of my favorite content like 
it's it's not obviously a TV show that grips you and invests you from week to week, but it's one of those shows that you can pick up at any time and you feel like you haven't wasted an hour or however long the show is going to be. And yeah. it's not boring though. Like you're learning something, but it's in such a fun way that you just, you like it. See, but he's going. I'd be 100% okay if it was an entire episode of him sitting in a chair, staring at the camera. Obviously, the one leg is crossed over the other. And he's just sitting there, just doing different thinking Talking. poses. I could, yeah. I could oh, okay. totally see that being a thing. I think there are a lot of people out there that like... And, and I'm one of these people where like Jeff Goldblum has this mystique nailed down where I don't care what he's doing, I'm interested. It's like, like another comparison i would draw like as far as this new show is concerned of just him walking around experiencing things i do want to shout out this great youtube channel i've been watching a lot of recently called jablinski games and if you guys haven't heard of this i should have talked about this on this show before because it's a gaming channel and it's jack black and he's he's video the channel was started with this intent of like he's going to get an elgato and like video game and like stream stuff but he can't get the Elgato to work or something. So most of the, most of the weeks he'll release a video of just him walking around and like, he'll go to arcades. He'll like go to a restaurant and like talk about it. And like, he'll be like, Oh, I'm filming Jumanji this week. So like, here's what I'm doing. And it's, and it's so interesting because Jack Black is an interesting person. And this is the same kind of thing where Jeff Goldblum is just this wild human being and that's enough, I think, to carry this show. But um, yeah, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, that's going to be coming out on Disney Plus at some point. Uh, one of many draws for me. But let's let's go over to Nerd Bomber. What do you, uh, any other morsels from D23 you want to mention? So one of the things that you may not know about me is that as a kid, I was a huge fan of 101 Dalmatians. And like, I'm not exaggerating. As I've gotten older, The Lion King has become my favorite Disney movie. But I literally tried to collect 101 stuffed animal Dalmatians because I loved the movie that much. I even watched the ill-fated television cartoon show that wasn't that great, but I still loved it. So I was super stoked when they announced at D23 that they were making a Cruella villain movie. Um, they have cast Emma Stone as Cruella DeVille, and they released a picture, an early picture of what she looks like with her two henchmen. And I have thoughts. So spooky. basically they said that this is going to be a movie kind of in the vein of Maleficent where they're showing the background of the villain and how they became who they are now. And I appreciate a good villain backstory. I really do. Maleficent was a good movie. Um, but I don't know how I feel about this take of Cruella. They seem like the, from the picture, at least like I like Emma Stone as an actor, but the picture that they've shown almost seems more like a 90s punk band or something and it's just a weird vibe and I don't get it because as someone who was very invested in the original 101 Dalmatians, Glenn Close is probably as close to perfection as you can come to Cruella mm. DeVille and yeah. the entire character of Cruella DeVille was not this like emo looking person. She was actually a fashionista who obviously wanted to get the dogs for their pelts. And her entire thing was just her sense of fashion. And to get this like grungy look, I mean, I know that's fashion now, but especially considering 101 Dalmatians was supposed to take place in like early-ish industrial England, it just, it doesn't fit somehow to me. And she doesn't seem like, I feel like they just went in a weird direction and maybe they'll pull it off, but there's something about this interpretation of Cruella DeVille that I'm just kind of like meh about and I, I'm hoping they prove me wrong. I honestly thought it was going to be Kate Winslet personally. I thought she would have did a good that job. That would have been good. That would have been very right? good. Right. I mean, um, to, to me, uh, like this picture gives me two strong vibes. One is, you know, in Zoolander when they're like, they have a whole fashion line that's based on homeless people. That's what this looks like to me. One. Two, I'm also getting a strong uh, Helena Bonham Carter in Alice in Wonderland vibe, which like is just extremely kooky. I'm so glad you said that because when I saw that image, the vibe I got was, oh, Johnny Depp's in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tim Burton-y. Yes. Very Tim Burton-y. That's exactly what I thought it was. It was directed by Tim Burton. It 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 has that that certain view to it and... It needs more The Devil Wears Prada and a little bit less Tim Burton. Because honestly, exactly. yes. that's Cruella DeVille. It's The Devil Wears Prada. 
could not agree more with that take. Um, I don't know. What, what do you, what do you guys, and when I say you guys, I mean the listeners, what do you guys think of Emma Stone Cruella? Uh, hit us up. Let us know. Um, tactic what do you have for us anything anything else to add so something that i'm particularly excited about is the live action lady and the tramp and the reason why is because we we kind of saw a mixed bag on the reaction of the lion king and how it was supposed to be live animals but it was also cgi'd the whole thing and we know for a fact right they use real dogs because they were at the the d23 conference and Oh, they were just such good puppers. One of them was a rescue, isn't that? I, I think I heard a story about. I think Lady was a rescue. I believe so. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think it was the Tramp, but no. So anyway, I think I think picking real dogs is a good step in, in the right direction. There is probably going to be a lot of CGI in there that we're just going to have to get used to. But for me, I always loved this movie. I was a I've always been a big dog fan and I'm excited to see how well they do it and if they can take some of the criticism that was given from The Lion King and make it better. And I'm honestly I'm super excited for Yvette Nicole Brown to be in this and I I've seen her in a lot of different things and she's always been a huge just fan of a lot of the things that I love. Like she was a huge fan of The Walking Dead and to me she was always a good addition to The Talking Dead. She always was very educated on the show and the lore behind the, nailed, the show. Is this the nailed it girl? Uh Yvette Nicole Brown was in community. Okay, hang on. But she also was the host of the D twenty three expo, at least for the Friday edition of it, where a lot of this news came out. And she's just she seems so wholesome and excited and I'm just so glad that she gets to be in a Disney movie and I feel like she's going to bring that excitement and love of Disney to the movie and I'm just super excited to see her in this role. I I like the look of this trailer. Like like you 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 comparison the comparison you drew was Lion King and I think this looks better than that. Um what I would want is for them to go one step further and I don't I think audiences are smart enough at this point where we go back to a homeward bound kind of thing. Remember homeward bound? The Such animals were movie. there, and, but their mouths aren't moving. There's no CGI. There's dialogue, but it's just, it's just dubbed in. And we know who's speaking from context clues. I think that like, we don't need the, for lack of a better term, pun intended dog and pony show of like, let's get these animals mouths to move. You know, we don't need that. Um, I do think this looks good, though. I think it, you know, I think especially for younger audiences, it's going to be a big hit. My one hope is that they make the spaghetti scene what it would be in real life with real dogs. An absolute mess. Yes. Just just spaghetti and <laughs> pasta sauce everywhere. Right. So, um, so that's that kind of wraps up, you know, there's obviously a lot more in D23 that we didn't have time to mention, unfortunately, but um, hopefully you enjoyed our discussion and um yeah if there's anything additional that you would like to discuss with us about like obviously as we keep saying we're always super active on social media i am at ow nerd bomber tactic is at ow tactic and illegal is at ow illegal 86 you can also hit us up at at online warriors one and no matter where you reach out we will respond and this is the kind of stuff that we love talking about obviously i feel like we've all been super animated during this discussion this is just super fun to speculate and discuss super pumped for disney plus like I, before we wrap it up does this push you over the edge to 100 percent get disney plus on day one yes yes Yes, without a doubt. And and I think that was the goal of D23 this year. And they nailed it. They, they, they like, like, I am a consumer lemming and I am just running off a cliff right now, following them wherever they're going. I mean, well, like, it's they did even, everything right. Besides just the fact that Disney seems to do everything right lately. I mean, the price point, it's $6 a month or $70 a year. You get 4K streaming. You get four screens of access. Like, that's cheaper than anything Netflix offers. And all of this content, like, you know, it's high budget, high production value, probably very fan servicey, but you know it's stuff that you already like, and including, like, the backlog of all of the Disney movies that are going to be on it already. I mean... Man, they just really hyped me up, and I'm super ready to go and be a consumer on this one. Yeah, I'm absolutely on board. Um, 
I, I, I was on the fence before, but I think I'm ready to commit Disney. I think we should make it official. So, um, with, before we move into our game, we're, we are going to, in the interest of time, um, skip over the what are you doing Wednesday this week. Um, but I do have to make mention of the Fantasy Movie League because for the first time in, I think, quite a while, Nerd Bomber did not win, guys. Uh, I got dethroned she, from my number one spot. Ugh. She was usurped uh, by our very own Ben Chuckness, uh, our Patreon producer. Um, he came in at 80 million, a little over 80 million. And actually nerd bomber didn't even come in second. She was also beat by Devin Reed just barely by uh, a little over a hundred thousand dollars. Um, so nerd bomber then came in, in third at 79, seven. Uh, you guys, the three of you are all very close there up at the top. Then we have a drop down uh, with hipster pop geek at number four, at 73 million Mecha Yoda at 66 tactic uh, at 65 and a half Heck it's tech at 61 uh 61.4 i'm at 61.2 and uh then we have spitfire at 56 and our friends at dem fancy hanging strong at zero um i did not bet on the jared butler movie this week and that was clearly a huge mistake i did not uh, either in fact we even made an oopsie in a tweet um there was a tweet that went out over the weekend talking about how if you had like sequel and franchise fatigue there were a bunch of original movies including uh one that actually was the top performer in terms of efficiency which was the peanut butter falcon a shia labeouf movie but like mm. angel has fallen was included in that list because honestly we forgot that it was part of a franchise because no one saw this movie doing that well well you you put it in your cineplex twice i didn't it put did, it in there like, at all i put it in there just because like i don't know it was the new movie of the week so i figured why not might as well stick it in there there, there's a very clear actually looking at the lineup and I, I know we have to get to the game but i just want to mention that it's very clear looking at the lineup that the people who bet on the ready or not movie the hide and seek horror movie did poorly and the people who did uh did not bet on that movie did quite well so take from that what you will i suppose um if you want to join us at the fantasy movie league uh, create a box office every week and and see if you can beat us which in my case is pretty easy to beat me um head on over to fantasymovieleague.com we are a private league online warriors podcast with the password all lowercase podcast so come check it out you'll have a good time um you might get shouted out on the show if you do well and yeah at this point even if you don't do well we're still going to say your name so yeah um for our game today we're going to swing it over to mr tectic who has a topic courtesy of our friend ben all right, today's topic is Parks and Rec's trivia. Um, not the general position that you could in your local um, office. This is more a Parks and Rec trivia based on the show. Very confident going into this one. I've seen this show a few times. Okay, so... I've seen it once, but I'm excited. I'm going to rattle off five questions. They're all numerical-based questions. We're going to do Price is White right style on most of them. Price and I'm gonna, is White. I'm going to finish it off with a fun fact about Parks and Recs. I'm so, terrified. With that, we'll go right into the first one. How many episodes of Parks and Recs are there? <laughs> Total. 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 Okay. Oh, boy. Um, do you want me to go first, Nerd Bomber? I feel like I, I should go first. Yeah, you can go first on this one. That gives you the advantage, and I feel like being uh, chivalrous. Um, okay. I'm not going to give away my thought process, but I do have one. I'm going to say 118 episodes. Okay, Nerd Bomber? Okay, I'm going to say... So I'm going to give away my thought process here. I don't think the show was on as long as The Office was. I want to say there were six seasons. And the typical like 30-minute sitcom runtime uh, in terms of episodes for a season, I think, was like 25 episodes, give or take. I think some were less, some were a little bit more. So 25 times 6 is 150 episodes. I'm going to go with that. Okay, so there were seven seasons... Okay. I knew there were seven seasons. I didn't think they were that long, and I think one of them was cut short by a writer's strike, but maybe I'm wrong. You are correct. And you actually were very close, Illegal. There was 125 episodes. Woo! So the point goes to you. Going on to the next question. 
How much did Amy Palmer make per episode? Oh, man. Okay. At, at the end or at the beginning, or did it not change? Let's call it an average. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, okay. So I don't really know how much actors or actresses make on these TV shows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Me neither. I'm just going to say that maybe Amy Poehler made 250000 an episode. That's Believe a pretty it. good guess. I, I, I think that's a pretty good guess. I'm going to go lower than that. Uh, and I'm going to say 175,000. All right, Tectic, who got the point? So it was 200,000. Oh, man. That's what I'm talking so about. So Illegal gets that because I busted. Yes, I, I know, forgot how I, I forgot how Price is Right worked for a second. Yes, Illegal gets it. Yeah, I saw the gears turning over there. I was like, I should have this guy a bone. Well, plus I was closer, wasn't I? Yes. You were, or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Okay, so this one, you guys can have the same answer if you if need be. This Price is what? Right rule does not apply here. So it's whoever's closest. Wait, but if we have the same answers, then how does that work? Then it's just a tie. Okay. That was very confusing okay. the way you introduced I'm excited it. about this one because I, I particularly enjoyed this and I use it on my daily life with some of my own coworkers. So now I'm just very confused and yeah, eager I'm, to see what this question is. He's building hype. How many names in total oh. does Jerry have? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, am I, I'm first on this one again, right? Uh, yeah. I think it's four. I'm going to say four. Oh, goodness. Mary Bomber? I, I wanted to say that she called him a different name every episode, but I don't think that's right. Um, maybe I'm going to go for ten. I think 10 sounds good. It feels right in my bones. I might be really wrong then. So the names are as follows. Jerry, Gary, Larry, and Terry. Okay, so there were four. Four. Yes. (laughs) You are on fire. At this point... heating up. Nerd Bomber has no chance in winning, but we're going to finish it out for funsies. I'm going for the clean sweep. How old was Ron Swanson when he met his first wife... Terry won. Okay. Uh, uh, Nerbomber, you're first, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. boy. Uh, I'm going to say he was 16 years old. Might have gone I, too young on that one. I know. I know it, it's it's younger. Than, I'm going to go under because I, I want to say... I, I'm just afraid of busting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with eight because I'm pretty sure it's like 11 or something. It was a trick question. He was zero years old because oh, she helped deliver right. him. Dang it. Oh. Yeah, you're... Shoot. So no one gets this one. All right. I, I ruined the clean sweep dream, but that's okay. Couldn't I couldn't help but, but do that fun one. Trickery. How many awards did Parks and Recs win? And this will be a two-pointer. Ooh. How many was it nominated for? Are we talking Emmys or just all awards ever? All awards ever. Okay. It was nominated for. I like the confidence that you had when you were saying that. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, it's, it's fake. Uh, it was nominated for 60 and it won 20. Oh, man. That's okay. I mean, there's so many different award shows that it could win awards from. And it might not even be the show itself. It could be the actors. Oh, I could give it an award and it would count under these circumstances. I could be like Parks and Rec gets the Online Warriors Award. I'm going to say it won 10 but was nominated for 30. Okay. So you both get a point. Okay. It won 13 awards and was nominated for 75. Oh, wow. All right. So you Not lost your clean sweep. Rate. Yeah, well, that's all right. But I got a point. But you got a point, so... You didn't get whitewashed. That's cool, I guess. Now, for the fun fact that I find absolutely hilarious. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Fun fact. Amy Polner and Nick Offerman shot a makeout scene for the gag reel of every season, but it was never included because it was, quote, super disgusting to watch. I'm sure you could probably find it on some like YouTube. Yeah, somewhere on YouTube this thing exists, but I don't know if I want to go watch it. I feel like I don't. 
might be like on the deep web or something it's it's just it's so classic of their characters to just i think it's more classic of nick offerman's real character and more classic of amy palmer's polar polar you you, you're struggling man with her name (laughs) i wasn't gonna correct you um yeah i mean they're both very funny people so i'm sure they hammed it up big time um i will be back next week to host our next quiz and i'm looking forward to uh whatever our patreon producer selects as a topic and i'm also looking forward to speaking with all of you again uh it is our pleasure every week to bring you uh our thoughts on the world of nerd and we appreciate you listening Yes, we do. And again, just want to give a little chime in because the bonus segment for our Patreon subscribers will be launching this week as well. So this week we did talk about some fantasy football news, including the retirement of Andrew Luck. So if you guys want to hear a little bit of an extra bonus segment about our thoughts on fantasy football and Andrew Luck's retirement in general, uh, you can become a Patreon subscriber at any level, including the dollar level, and you'll get access to that fun, fantastic clip. So if you, if you are yearning for more online warriors, that is where you can get it. Until then, you'll just have to wait till next week if you don't want to subscribe. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week, guys. See ya. Adios.